Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, let's go to some basketball. Montana State, the uh, home opener in the career of Danny Sprinkle as a head coach for Montana State. By the way, the road opener went very well. I think an eight-point loss ultimately to Utah State, a team that uh, is ranked 17th in the nation. Montana State was, in fact, leading that game uh, by uh, a bucket five minutes remaining in that game. Harold Frey, the best player on the floor in that basketball game against Utah State. They come home, uh, do uh, the cast to Bozeman. They beat Rocky Mountain 93-60 in their home opener. Uh, Frey had 12 points, 8 of 6, 6 rebounds. Belos, 16 points, who was such a good player from London, England. Uh, 16 points, 8 boards. Big 6-8 power forward. Uh, uh, looks really, really good. Uh, another, Paulo also had 16 points. I mean, this is such an international team right here. I mean, they're three top scorers, all of them international players. Uh, you know, Rocky Mountain, obviously, again, you know, then out of the, the, the Frontier League and Frontier Conference, and, and uh, you know, you expect a, a win of this sort for Montana State, but you go, you know, back to Missoula, you kind of cement the thing, you get the first win under your belt, get your go first... Go back to Bozeman. Excuse me, to Bozeman, and play your first game in the Brick Breeden Fieldhouse, and you just sort of get that thing opened up for the season. It's got to be, it's got to feel good, and a strong win for Montana State in this. Certainly. Um, I think that the Cats' performance at Utah State and the fact that they were winning late in that game, I mean, they were winning with under five minutes to play. I think it's made even more impressive by the fact that a couple nights later, Utah State turned around and absolutely just destroyed Weber State. They beat them 89-34. And at one point, you texted me, are you kidding me? At one point, they were up 50, right? It was 67-17? to 17. It was It was an 
a decimation. I mean, it was more than it was complete. Now, one caveat to this: Derek Harding, the preseason MVP of the whole conference, did not play in this basketball game for Weber State. I don't care about that. I mean, they got this. I mean, it, it was not it was not the same sport that was being played between Utah State and the other. And now maybe maybe Montana State was a wake up call. Maybe Utah State feels like they played. Not very well uh, against, you know, a team that maybe they, they underestimated a little bit. I, I don't know. All I know is Montana State lost by eight and actually it was a much closer game than even that would indicate. And then two nights later, Weber State goes in, perennial, you know, strong uh, 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 contender in the Big Sky Conference. And, I mean, it's not even it's not even a game three minutes into it. It's just over. It was it, it was remarkable and I mean how much can you take okay this team lost to this team this team beat this team whatever but uh it's it's certainly worth noting it it raised my eyebrows broad and projecting analysis of the future is really hard and sometimes in our seats sort of foolish so I always try to analyze things right now in the moment in a vacuum and we've only seen Montana play Stanford and Montana State Northern. We've only seen Montana State play a ranked Utah State team and Rocky Mountain College. And we've only seen, I've only seen Weber State play one game against Utah State. And like you mentioned, their best player did not play. But there is a common opponent there. There's also two like opponents when you talk about Rocky Mountain and Montana State Northern, respectively, for the Cats and Grizz to play. And Montana State looked like the best of the three teams. I don't think Montana State is the best of those three teams, but they looked the best early on. And I think that having a senior point guard is like having a senior quarterback. Exactly. It can can mask a lot of your other deficiencies, especially early. Harold Frey was the best player on the court each of the two games that they've played. Mm -hmm. Montana couldn't say that against Stanford, although they, Said Bridget, if he would have had a little bit more initiative in the first half, he could certainly hang with a lot of those Stanford guys, no doubt. But Harold Frey was the best player on the court against a team that has the Mountain West Player of the Year. I think that's a testament to Harold Frey. I also think that the Grizz and the Cats right now are such fascinating analysis because the they, they have about the same amount of returners. The difference is the guy that's running the whole show, Harold Frey, is played 10,000 minutes and all these guys on Montana they have not played any college basketball minutes whatsoever even playing junior college minutes is more similar to playing D1 than coming straight from high school like totally. a lot of Montana's guys are well, if, at. if you look at Montana State okay, outside of Harold, Harold Frey you have Jabril Bello Michael Paolo uh, Amin Adamu Adam Adamu uh, Devin Kirby, Leighton Riggins all of those guys, okay, Kirby and Ricketts, of course, of course, are returners for that team. The other guys, you're like, well, who who are these guys? Where are they coming from? Well, they're, they're international players, but they're all, two of them are juniors, one of them is a sophomore, okay? They've played basketball at the, you know, at either JC or high-level international basketball. So even though they're new to Bozeman and have not played a minute for Montana State, they are at least moderately and in some cases very veteran players at the collegiate level, okay? Montana is starting three fre- true freshmen, or two, two, two tr- true freshmen and a, and a redshirt freshman. And, I mean, at one point against Stanford, it was Saeed Bridget and four freshmen on the floor to finish that thing out. In fact, so that's when they played their best in that game uh, at Stanford. And so, and, and Saeed Bridget can really do it all. I mean, he brings the fo- ball up the floor 
just about as much as anybody, even though Josh Vasquez is is kind of the point guard with Timmy Falls in there as well. Uh, but Harold Frey, make no mistake, is the point guard, and he is the the uh, offense maker for this basketball team, whether it's just him scoring like he did 34 against Utah State or whether it's him dishing out eight assists and getting 12 points in a near double-double effort. He's the one who's getting it done. But also, it does matter. The difference between being you know, a redshirt sophomore and a true freshman or a transfer junior player and a redshirt freshman is night and day. And so two games into it... Um, I, I first of all, I completely agree. I mean, there's no, there's, there's not even a matter of agreement. It is a fact of the matter. Montana State has looked the best of of those three teams, no question, this far into it. But um, you know, it's also there's just not that much to take out of it yet, as far as I can tell. It's two tell Nuanas, one or two nine ESPN Radio. Speaking of Montana. They also got their first win of the season against MSU Northern. It's a game, you walked into the gym, the game had already started. You're like, I thought, the, I, I, thought I had the scoreboard backwards. Montana State Northern, the lights come in. They're up, I think, 25-12 or 26-13, something like that, midway through the first half in this game. I mean, sometimes a team takes an early lead, okay, but this is like, you know, a quarter of the way through the game. Montana closed it, was actually down two still at halftime in this game, then went down six in the second half. And then got it rolling a little bit and ends up winning uh, by 14, 64, 50 over MSU Northern. And again, this is a game this is a game that Montana did win, but looked not very good in for most of it. They had some spurts where they looked really good, but Saeed Pridget goes for 30 and really took over in the second half offensively and kind of had to because Montana's, Montana could not really get it going and give MSU Northern some credit. They really hit some shots, especially in the first half. So they gave, uh, excuse me, they gave me the Grizz a good look. But this was, for as good as Montana looked in the first half at Stanford, they looked as bad as I've seen them look for that six-minute stretch where they went on a, a like a 26-2 run on the wrong end of it. And then in this game, it was just a struggle really the whole way through. They were the better team, but... You know, in terms of talent and stuff, but it wasn't. It, it just was not coming very easily to the Grizzlies at all. And I think they're they're really searching for identity. And again, I think to, that's to be expected. You have a very young team with this Montana group right now. Montana State Northern has some veteran players, uh, including Devin Bray, who was making his, I guess, finale in Missoula. He's a Missoula Hellgate mm-hmm. guy, and he's a senior at Northern, and that's always a great experience. I mean, Adam Hughes, who's the son of former Montana State head coach Brad Hughes. He's a senior at Montana State Northern. So they got some solid guys. And Sean Hughes, who's a Missoula guy, I mean, he played at Big Sky. He's the head coach up there. And he does a great job. I mean, they play really hard on defense. They execute really well. The thing about Northern is they've always been really well coached, and they always are pretty fluid. They just don't ever have the talent to really compete with the upper-tier NAIA squads just because it's hard to get basketball players to move to Haver, Montana, shocking Mm -hmm. as that may seem. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup. 
for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. I thought Montana State looked disjointed defensively, and that's a product of their youth. Northern has a bunch of shooters. Montana, yeah, Montana looked disjointed defensively. That's a product of Northern having a bunch of shooters being able to spread you out, but then they were giving up layups. They don't know how to rotate or talk properly, especially in the complex defense that they need to run. That's got to come along, but it's going to come along. You can't expect these guys to know how to play defense, how Travis DeCure wants you to play defense right out the box. It's just not possible. And... I mean, if you could, you're probably playing in North Carolina. Yeah. If you can, if you're that high level of uh, a basketball IQ and, and being able to to get it done on the defensive end. That said, you said that they as a couple of where they looked good. I didn't think Montana looked good for a single second of this game. I thought that Syed Pridget took over and won the game for no, them. Did I say that about this game? No. I thought they looked good in the first the half Stanford. of the Stanford game. I just thought they looked terrible on Sunday. They were bad. They were flat bad the Pridget whole way. Th- why he's going to be one yes. of the leading scorers in the Big Sky? He was just like, all right, we're not losing this game. Um, I, wait, I think he scored twelve or fourteen straight, and yeah. it put him up. Yeah. And but still, I mean, they 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 were. I mean, it took all the way to the last minute for them to even get a double digit lead and close this thing out. And again, yeah. ton of credit to Northern, no doubt. But also, Montana has a bunch. They're going to go through some growing pains because they. It was a bad game. I mean, they're by missing the everything all the way through. They're missing yes. everything right now. They're missing a, a floor general. They're missing. Uh, continuity. I'm not going to say chemistry because it's too young, it's too early. I mean, I think these guys do get along. I think the freshmen actually have a lot of chemistry together. They don't have any continuity yet. They don't know how to communicate on defense. They don't have depth. Sian Pridget is only two games in to settle into being the man, and he's wanted to be the man for <laughs> since he stepped on campus. And I think he'll acclimate to that role very effectively. But it's still a transition for him. Right. Travis Takira has never coached with this short of a bench, this many young guys. You know. All okay. eight players dressed to play. Uh, and as Coach Secure said when asked about it, well, look, I'm only probably going to play eight players anyway. But, you know, you talk about Jared Samuelson not being there, Freddie Brown maybe, red shirt this year, even after having played a little bit last yeah. year. Yogi Selchuk's got to sit out till semester. Yeah. So I've seen Gaskin did not get his waiver. The, the, the point is, is that having eight players to play and having the eight players you would actually be playing if if you had everybody on board, you know, that, that does make a difference. Um, Let's one other thing too that I think. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a moment. Let's hear uh, first of all from Travis Secure. This is uh, in the post game, and again, the theme of this is just how young the team is. Kyle Owens, uh, 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 Josh Vasquez, both freshmen playing in this game. Eddie Egan, a redshirt freshman. Derek Calder, Carter Hollister, uh, Hollinger is also a freshman. So half of this team that's available to play, uh, not just underclassmen but freshmen. He was asked about what it is, you know, what he needs to see from this team and what it's like to have the young guys on the team, how they're going. I like that they're letting us coach them. Um, they're making adjustments. They're, they're, they're trying their hardest to be the best basketball team they can be and not concerned with themselves, which allows us to be a good program. Um, so, you know, they don't have ego, and, and that's very difficult uh, when you recruit the way that we recruit and the types of kids that we go after. Typically, one out of three shows up with a little ego, and you got to you got to break it down to build it up, and these guys don't have that. 
So that's a good thing. That's, a, I think, an important thing, obviously, uh, from uh, from a coaching standpoint. Syed Pritchett postgame was also asked, what do you like about the young guys? Because it's kind of tough. I mean, he's kind of the senior, the, 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 the leader of this team. Now, all of a sudden, you're surrounded by a bunch of guys who, you know, haven't played at this level, basically, before uh, in, in a lot of spots. Obviously, Kendall Manuel has been there, uh, Mac Anderson, et cetera. But, but it's, uh, it's a totally new role for both those guys, yes, too. Yes, I mean, Manuel is a great, like, spot scorer, but he's never really been relied on to be a number two scorer and the guy who has to create his own shot the guy, the has, rim. To, the yeah. guy has to play 35 minutes and play on defense like that so he's going to be a work in progress too So, uh, but Saeed asked you know, about the freshman what he likes about him they're, they're a lot more advanced than a lot of people think they think a lot smarter they get, they, they get to plays a lot faster they, honestly they're adapting faster than I, think they I thought they would have Saeed Pridget also uh, asked just about MSU Northern, and uh, you you asked a great question here. We'll hear it. How was Montana State Northern able to build that lead in the first half? Honestly, they outplayed us, to be honest with you. They, they played play a lot harder. We didn't have much respect for those guys, so they came and brought it to us. Is that a good lesson for you guys? Definitely. That's a great lesson. You can't, can't underestimate nobody. Now, I would also say this. If Jeff Choate could speak as quickly... As Saeed Pritchett, it would be a four-minute presser. Be done. You know what I mean? I mean, he gets through it now. Saeed Pritchett does. He's a print, but, he's a print journalist's dream. Yeah. Gives <laughs> you a five-year answer everything you ever want. Let's go. Uh, I thought it was a good statement by him right there. I mean, he just said, look, they flat-out played us, and we didn't respect them. We uh, And that's on us, and that's a lesson that we got to learn collectively. He also said he felt like, you know, those young guys are a lot more advanced than probably people think that they are, and he's impressed with them, and so that's good. One thing that I think is worth noting, Coulter, Josh Vasquez is the starting point guard on this team at this point. Has been for the first two games of the season. That means Timmy Foles is not. Timmy Foles is coming off the bench, and... He's played, you know, quite a bit of minutes. And by the way, he's, you know, he, he again, you have to when you got the short bench that you had. He did get, I don't know what he, if he got elbowed in the face or kicked or something like that, but went out of the game. I mean, he he, he cut him open. He was bleeding on his kind of chin, knocked his lip loose. I, I heard, I heard a couple. Of course, all the the moms in the stands all mm. come up to Timmy when they because they were signing autographs right there. And there's yeah. several ladies that came up and said, all right, "What's going on, Timmy? You okay? You lose your tooth?" And I heard him say, "Yeah, knocked it out. I still got the tooth though." So I don't know if it fully came out or just got knocked loose, but mm. he did hurt his tooth. Yeah, which, I mean, it was it was it was a scene where they stopped the game. They actually went to the monitor to see what had actually taken place, and he left and did not return as a result of injury. But also, you know, a guy who's now a junior, and you know, imagine thinks of himself as the presumptive starting point guard after the graduation of, of Ahmad Rory, Michael Ogine, and now isn't, uh, and how is that going to go? I mean, this is, a, a, and, and by the way, is he, is it, is it full stop? Is that what it is? Is Josh Vasquez just the starter for the season? And we'll find out as we go along, or is this, you know, a message sender or what, you know, what do we have? But I think that that is a dynamic that's going to be very important. I will say this. I thought one of the spots where Montana looked you know, again, probably the better than they looked the rest of the game in a game where they did not play well was when Josh Vasquez and Timmy Falls were on the floor at the same time. Mm-hmm. I thought they complemented each other really well as kind of a a, a, a dual point guard guard backcourt, and and they might be able to work really well together in spots. To me, I actually think that's exactly what Montana should do mm. because I thought Montana's best lineup last year was when they played Ahmad, Rory, Michael Ogine, and Timmy Falls together. They play such an up-tempo offense, and it's like Jalen Rose always says. Positions in basketball are more now, especially in modern-day basketball, to explain the game to people that don't understand it. Basketball is, it's not as if it's positionless, but it's not as 
concrete of positions. In other words, in some cases, you have Harold Frey, and he is the point guard of the basketball team. But in a lot of places, that's not the case. But they play Harold Frey off the ball. They Last year, they played him a lot off the ball with Russ Daniels so that Harold could be the creator Hmm. when you initiate your early offense. I mean, dribbling the ball up the court, say the other team just scored. You dribble the ball up the court, you can just make the pass to the actual point guard and have him initiate the offense. That's what Montana did a lot last year with Ahmad Rory and Timmy Falls trading off on that rule. Did Ahmad Rory bring it up? Give it to Timmy Falls. Okay, Timmy Falls is running the offense right now. Vice versa. Mm-hmm. Timmy Falls breaks the press. Gives it to Ahmad Rory. He initiates the offense. If you have multiple combo guards, that's modern day basketball right now. Is You can you can attack people. I think that I think Timmy Falls is always going to have trouble being the go-to primary point guard because he's he 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 needs to play with so much pizzazz and I don't think that's going to fly with his head coach but he can do that if he's playing against another steady guy. So if Josh Vasquez can develop just in his steadiness and be the primary ball handler, you can still have Timmy Falls on the court as the secondary ball handler and when he's got the ball, he's a primary ball handler. He doesn't have to run the show in its duration, I think that's where Montana should look because I do think actually you're right. They look that was the one spot where they looked good. Honestly, Timmy Falls played not good in the first half, and he played really good in the stretch that he had before he got hit in the face. He had uh, two great assists. He had two great defensive stops where he was sliding and getting people's faces. He had a defensive rebound, and then he got hit in the face, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of derailed him. And you feel bad for the kid because, I mean, he is sort of an up-and-down type guy in, in, in just the way he wears his heart on his sleeve. But I do think there's a role for him still, and I think that even if Josh Vasquez entrenches himself as the starting point guard, I still think Timmy Falls can have a role as a primary ball handler as well. Oh, n- no question. I mean, I think I think this team... Listen, this team takes a major hit if Timmy Falls is not, uh, you know, isn't isn't an integral part of it from a basketball standpoint. I mean, this that there's just no doubt about it because his talent uh, and what he can do when he's going well is is huge. I mean, we've seen the boosts that he's given to this team both just practically on the floor making plays and also emotionally. And so that's uh, you know that's that's a big thing when it comes. I want to come back to Montana State here though, Coulter, for a moment because. The Bobcats, um, you know, we didn't know what 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 the heck's this going to look like with it. You know, a brand new coach, the return of Danny Sprinkle. What's the building process going to be? Who's even going to be, you know, there beyond Harold Frey, and you know, a couple a couple returning guys who had played minutes. Um, not only have they played really well in the first two games overall, they also have dudes where you go like, oh yeah, this. This, these are basketball players here. These are kids that are going out there, and they're going to be, you know, good in, you know, when the when the Big Sky Conference season hits. Th- these are guys who are going to have to be contended with. Sometimes you think, okay, well, you're going to have to go find, uh, you know, whatever sort of left over on a coaching change. You're not entrenched as a recruiter in a place quite yet, and, and you know, maybe you got some freshmen coming in that need to develop and so forth. But, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm completely impressed because this team looks a lot better that I was guessing that they would look like two games in, and I don't think that's a crazy statement to make. But what do you think, is this something that can continue for Montana State this season? Absolutely. If you got the best player on the court, you got a chance. And I think that without Tyler Hall, without Brian Fish, and with Danny Sprinkle, Harold Frey has a chance to be the best player in the league. Mm -hmm. I really think that. He's got some heavy contention from Jarek Harding and from Saeed Bridget. 
But Harold Frey is a pro. He's already been a pro. His whole life he's been a pro. He was a professional basketball player for three years before he ever got to Montana State. Now he's got a coach that's a guard. He's a point guard coach. So they're going to run stuff for Harold Frey. He's not going to have to try to get Tyler Hall going. He's not going to have to try to do anything besides just run his game. And I just really think that the way he can put you on a string now, He's such a he's such a baby faced kid that you, I think you think of him as being a guy that's just small and meek and weak. Nobody believes it when they look at him. But the thing is, one of the most undertold stories of his entire evolution is the fact that he's gotten way bigger. First of all, he's mm. grown an inch since he got to Montana State. He's a real six two plus, and he's up to about one hundred and ninety pounds. That's a Perfectly adequate size for yeah. a Big Sky Conference guard. He's significantly bigger than a guy like Jared Harding. Yeah. He's significantly bigger than a guy like Josh Vasquez. Yeah. So he he can... But the thing is, it's it's the fact that he's not going to have to... He's always going to share. I mean, he had eight assists on Saturday. He's, he's always going to share. He is a consummate point guard, but that's the thing that's so special about Harold Frey is that he can light it up while being a distributor. He can get you 30 and 10. Him and John Morant were the only two dudes in the country that had that last year. He has that sort of ceiling. And so, I mean, where do I think Montana State's prospects are? I don't know, man. Like, when you get in the grind of a conference season, you got a bunch of JC guys and you got a bunch of young guys, you got a bunch of Euro guys, and it's, you know, negative 20 on your way to the arena and Bozeman and Montana State's hard. I mean, the school is hard. Who knows where it's going to all go? But Montana State's going to have a fighting chance all year long because they got the best point guard in the conference. Yeah. By the way, Kids that reference weather as being a problem when they're basketball players. I mean, just, I mean, <laughs> they're all windowless arenas. You're No matter where you are, it's insane to me. Get over it. I don't care if you're playing the Arctic Circle or the Equator. It's 75 degrees. There's a hoop. Go shoot at it. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live as always on a what are we, Tuesday afternoon? I mean, it's not always Tuesday, but it's always it's an afternoon. Boy. It's now evening. Yeah, we it's might nighttime. live on Mars. It's nighttime. We don't know what's going on. Uh, we'll take a break. Bryce Carver coming up. He's the head coach of the Hamilton Bronx. They are for the third consecutive year into the state semifinal, looking for the third consecutive year to get to the state championship game. They're on the road at Miles City. We'll talk to him about his team and their path. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center.
Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here is some sports news for you. The Montana High School playoffs are into their final four in all five classifications. The top four seeds held in the double-A level, setting up a pair of primetime matchups Friday night. Top-seeded Butte High destroyed Kalispell Glacier 51-14 to earn the right to host their first semifinal since 2013. The Bulldogs get Billings West, who is the defending state champ, after they took care of Helena Capital 48-27. Oh, that's not the right one. I got the Grizz one from yesterday, but instead Missoula Central will host its first semifinal playoff game of the 21st century when the Spartans welcome Bozeman to the Garden City. Central moved into the semis for the second time in three seasons, but will be the favored seed at Missoula County Public Stadium as the venue hosts its first semifinal playoff game in 25 years. Central beat Billing Senior 24-14 to advance. Bozeman beat Helen High 17-7 to advance. In Class A, Hamilton earned revenge against Central uh, Billing Central, the team that beat the Bronx in the state title game last year. Hamilton won 34-17 to earn the right to go to Miles City for the semis. The Cowboys ended Frenchtown's season with a 40-3 victory last weekend. On the other side of the bracket, Dillon will host Laurel after the Beatmers beat Haver 47-7 and the Locomotives blasted Libby 50-0. In Class B... Fairfield versus Manhattan and Red Lodge versus Eureka. Speaking of high school playoffs, Hamilton on the road in every sense of the word, going 530-some miles to Miles City this weekend to take on the undefeated Cowboys in the state semifinal game. Bryce Carver joining us in just a moment. It's Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, December 7th. It's a Saturday. It's the first uh, and only one day. It's the one-day sale. It's the only one-day sale of the year. It's the seventh one, the snow day uh, at Curse Polaris. It's a big deal. People lining up early for this thing, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. One day only. Make sure you are there. Curse Polaris, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. We go now to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in for our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner the head coach of the Hamilton Bronx. They are playing in the state semifinals once again, this time at Mile City. Bryce Carver joining us. Coach, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we're certainly happy to have you on, and, and there's so very much to talk about this time of year, especially with your program and how how great it's been the last several years since you've been there. But let's just talk about last week against Billing Central, a team that you played, obviously, and lost to in the state championship game last uh, last year. The one loss that you had, and they were really good. You get a, a modicum of revenge in the state quarterfinal this year. How much was that on your mind? How much did you play that up going into the game, and how good does it feel to to have gotten that win this season? Oh uh, yeah, you know, and I actually when I talked to the kids, I, I told them I didn't want it to be about last year. Um, you know, I, I we talked about last year was over. Those you know, kids are gone, and um, it's a new year, and it's just another opportunity to play a good football team. And um, you know, we were able to go out and play a really good game against a really good a good team who has a, a really good program. And uh, it, it did obviously feel pretty good at the end of that though when that when that thing was over with. You guys have uh, been pretty much strangers to losing during the regular season the last couple of years. And this year, dropped a one-point instant classic against Dillon, which is actually where you're from. But you guys have won six straight since then. Was that a turning point in your guys' season this year? 
Well, yeah, you know, when you when you look at that game and, and you know, it was early in the season, we made a, a lot of mistakes and, um, you know, things that, uh, you know, were maybe a little uncharacteristic for us of the past. And, um, you know, Dylan, Dylan's a great team. Obviously, they're in the state semis, too, and um, did good things against us. But I think it kind of, you know, you can use that thing, uh, you know, a lot as a motivator and, um, you know, use it to build your season. I think our kids have done a good job uh, since that game. Southwestern A, powerhouse league in Class A this year. Not only Hamilton and Dillon, but also Frenchtown. And the reemergence of Frenchtown has been cool to watch. And I know it's made uh, your guys' conference a lot tougher. So what did you just think of the overall competition in the Southwestern A this year? And how do you think that prepared you guys for the playoffs? Yeah, I think it helped us out a lot. You know, the Southwest A was tough this year. Uh, you know, just a, I think I told someone earlier, it was just kind of a juggernaut to get through. Um, you know, there was, there was not many games that, uh, you, you felt real over comfortable going into, um, you know, and I think, uh, when you're, when you're battle tested like that, it, it does prepare you for the, you know, the playoffs and, and, and helps you be able to make a, make a run at this thing when, when November comes around. You know, coach, uh, the, the, it's so interesting how, what, you know, one game that was a one point affair two months ago, all of a sudden, is the situation cre- created that you got to go 534 miles east and head over to Miles <laughs> City? Uh, first of all, I mean, I, I don't know. It, I don't know. I don't know how to exactly ask how big of a detriment is it. And do you look at that game and go, "What might have been if we could stay at home this weekend?" But obviously, that's all done. So now you got to go on the road. How do you manage that huge drive covering those miles and make sure you get off the bus and you're ready to go when kickoff comes? Yeah, you know, that was the first thing I told our kids yesterday when they came to practice is it's all going to be how mentally tough we are, um, you know, to able to travel across the state and, and play a game. Um, you know, we're gonna, it's going to take us two days to get over there. And, uh, you know, and, and, and it's hard when you when you think about taking high school kids on two overnighters and, and what could happen and, and how their mindset's going to be. You know, I think that is, uh, you know, a big uh, advantage for, for the home team. But um, you know, we're going to just keep preaching, uh, being mentally tough and, and being able to handle having to go on the road, um, you know, come uh, come this week. Miles City Cowboys, I guess the Custer County Cowboys are sort of like this juggernaut from a far land, right? Like they're it's so far away and they've just been r- rolling through the Eastern A. But so many of the teams that made headlines this year in class, they were from the West. And so I think that people this side of the state don't really know much about Miles City except for the scores. But every time you look at the scores, they're beating teams by four, five, six touchdowns. It seems like they have an outstanding defense. What's your scout on Miles City, and how do you think you guys match up? You know, they, yeah, they're very uh, a very good football team. They haven't been beat all year. Um, you know, they gave up 16 points to uh, Laurel uh, early in the year, and then they haven't given up. Uh, you know, more than 10 the rest of the year, um, you know, and I think people talk about their offense so much and, and how powerful it is and, and explosive, but I think their defense kind of gets shadowed by that, um, you know, when, when everyone kind of talks about the, about Mouse City. Uh, you know, they've got some really, really good athletes uh, in the skill positions, very fast um, uh, kids, whether it's at, at DB or wide out, and then their linebackers are, are, and running backs are the same kids, and they're tough, tough physical kids, and and then they do a good job up front. So um, I, I think that their their scores are um, their scores are pretty pretty uh, up to par with how what I've seen on film. You know, I, I don't think they're they're a fluke of a team by beating teams by by you know what you said four or five touchdowns. I, I think they are the real deal for sure. 
Bryce Carver joining us. He's the head coach of the Hamilton Bronx. Hamilton at Miles City in the state A semifinals, 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And, you know, you guys have been one of the dominant programs in Class A the last several years. And now Carson Rostad, your outstanding quarterback uh, in his senior year, the only goal left really to achieve is a state championship. Is there an added element of pressure since that hasn't happened great as you guys have been in this his senior year to get that done? Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a added pressure. You know, obviously it's something that uh, that we want to accomplish and that we've been pretty close to doing the last couple of years. But, um, you know, I, I've told people too, oh, this, is, this isn't a, a state championship or bust season for us. I, I don't really like that mentality because I think if you don't end up winning it, uh, you kind of lose all the joys and successes you had throughout the year because you only had... Um, you know, one thing on your mind. So uh, we're just going to keep doing with our, what we're doing. You know, Carson obviously is, uh, is one of the more special talents to come through Montana in a long time. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be, you know, it's crazy to think about that he's going to be done here in a couple weeks, uh, whether it's this week or next week. And, um, you know, we're just going to go do what we do and, and kind of let the chips fall where they land. It is a different dynamic, though, right? Because last couple of years you think, Okay, if we get it done this year, that's great, but we still have Carson for another year, and now there is no Carson for another year. What's it been like just coaching this kid? Because he's been so consistent in his performance and so tremendous. I mean, we've had him in the studio. He's a great kid. So just being around him on a day-to-day basis, what's the experience been like for you as a coach? Yeah, it's probably, you know, I kind of tell him, too, I I think he's done more for me than he'll ever realize. Uh, But just how good of a kid he is, I think that, goes miles more than what he what he's able to do on that on that field you know he, he's such a good kid and uh you know he's a 4.0 student taking um five advanced placement classes and then a sixth one is a dual enrollment class this this semester we're still keeping his 4.0 um you know he, he's good to our student body he's good for the town of hamilton and so um you know which is successes that he's had over the last four years i think uh you know you you could see some kids maybe go the wrong way with things but uh his ability to to just be continue to be a good kid be a team first kid um is something that you probably never never be able to put in a word so uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be hard when when we lose him um for sure but i think he's done such a a good job being a leader to uh you know, to uh, the younger kids on our team and then continue to be a leader to his little brother who, who's probably going to have to step in and try to try to fill that role next year. You know, those are those are kind words about him, and it reminds me, I, I always try and tell my parents that I've done more for them than they realize, too, you know, so I want to make sure that river flows right. upstream, you know. Uh, that's what we right, got to keep right. that in mind. Hey, Coach, we really appreciate the time. Can't wait for this game on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Best of luck getting over there, getting over there and, uh, and being loose and ready to go, and we'll see uh, what happens at 1 on Saturday afternoon, all right? Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Well, we appreciate you. Bryce Carver. Head coach of the Hamilton Bronx at Miles City. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. 
At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Both teams looked like they were going to win it multiple times. I mean, it looked like it was in the bag multiple times for both teams. Crazy the way this thing went. But uh, Seattle and uh, their, you know, I don't know, ability to believe to the end or whatever it is that that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are up to, get a 27-24 win with a field goal at the buzzer uh, to uh, to hand San Francisco their first loss for Seattle to get to 8-2. and two. They're now only a half game behind of San Francisco and, of course, own the head-to-head as the Seahawks go on a bye this week. So a, uh, a huge, huge win for them. Uh, Russell Wilson, 24 of 34, had a touchdown, did throw the one interception, a very uh, – he didn't throw a red zone interception to the San Francisco 49ers ever in his eight-year career. By the way, he's been playing them every year, twice a year, if not three times a year. Throws one with five minutes to go in the overtime. It was a great play defensively, by the way, on that interception, I thought, uh, by San Francisco. Uh, and then that was one point where you thought, well, this thing's over. I mean, you turned it into Seahawks territory. And then a rookie kicker who had been called in, Robbie Gold injured, was really good in this football game until the last one that he had to have, and then it looked like me kicking it, shaking it into the left pile onto the out-of-bounds or whatever. I mean, just crazy uh, how that went. But uh, the uh, the Seahawks getting the victory. Jadavion Clowney, though, Coulter, I mean, he was the best player on the field. By the way, that, that 49ers defensive line with Bosa, and saw him in the whole group. I mean, they are unbelievable. But the best individual player in this football game wasn't Russell Wilson. It wasn't Bosa. It wasn't Garoppolo or anybody else. It was Jadavion Clowney, who had the scoop and score touchdown, but got pressures and hurries and quarterback hits all night long, was simply unstoppable. And in this football game, was uh, I, I guess the breakout to me of of the year, certainly for his time in Seattle, this is what Seahawks fans have been looking for in the post game press conference. He was asked, "How do you feel after a roller coaster game like that?" Never thought we was gonna lose. Uh, I always tell the guys, "Look, just keep playing on defense. Russ gonna make something happen." Well, he was right about that. I mean, Russell made something happen. A bunch of guys made something happen. He was also asked what it meant just to kind of have the game that he had and finally break out and get pressure in the way that he did last night for his team. Yeah, man, they come in bunches. They come in bunches. Uh, tonight was our night up front. We had a good night. We did what we were supposed to do, come and put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and try to make him throw some uh, bad balls and force some turnovers. We did that tonight. We gave our offense a great opportunity to score with the ball. And they went out there and, and did that. And it, it took five quarters, but at the end of the day, who cares? <laughs> we got a W in the winning column. They took the L. What was different? It was different, the energy level. I mean, it's hard to argue. Going into this game, Colts, you and I both said, look, I mean, San Francisco is one of the best defenses in the league, and they are hands down the better defense than Seattle. That is still true. But last night, the area where San Francisco is the strongest is on their defensive line. And essentially because, singularly, of Jadavion Clowney, and he got some help in there as well, they were equaled 
last night by the Seattle Seahawks. And I'll tell you what, in a game, anybody can have a good game. Anybody can have a bad game. You notice it usually from when you, you, you know, fans, we follow the ball around. But Jadamian Clowney had his best game as a Seahawk, had one of the best games that he's ever had, frankly. And if that is the production, it's not going to happen every game, but if that's if he, if he can approximate something like that, he single-handedly changes the complexion of this Seahawks defense. Well, absolutely. It's the it's the the anomaly that has always been Jadavion Clowney because when Jadavion Clowney is at his best, when he performs the best that he can physically perform, he is one of the greatest athletes to ever walk planet Earth. The, no question. And Jadavion Clowney, we talk often about how when you have unbelievably sky high expectations for somebody, then all they can do is fall short of those expectations. Yeah. If Javion if Javion Clowney was just uh you know even a DeForest Buckner we'd be thinking he's having a fine NFL career but he has this narrative surrounding him that he's never reached his full potential because his full potential is literally the greatest defensive end that's ever played the game <laughs> right. but when he can channel it though he re- he shows flashes and I think that's why people do hold him to such a high standard mm-hmm. but he plays if he does if he plays like he played last night. Now, all of a sudden, Seattle has an elite edge, an yeah. elite edge guy, and that changes the face of your entire team. No doubt. Uh, I love Nick Bosa so much. This is a this is a free plug. Shout out to Zootown Sports Cards. I was in there earlier. We'll do a, We'll give you guys some Zootown Sports Card stuff later on in the week, so stay tuned for that. But they have this little thing called Z-Bay where you can like uh, bid on cards. They have a Nick Bosa autograph card in there. I went down there today to get some stuff for our giveaway on Thursday. But make sure to bid on that card because that's how much I love mm, Nick Post. I mm. think he's going to be uh, an all pro for a long time. As long you as do, huh? Healthy. Is that the small limb you're going to go out on and say you I think mean, Nick Bosa is going to be a, a, a Pro Bowl caliber it's guy? It's just never that easy, though, man. I mean, Dante, has, has Jadavion Cloudy ever been an all pro? Bro, what I'm saying to you is the best defensive player on one of the best defensive teams is a guy who's played six games or whatever, now nine games, ten games in the league. I mean, just, he's, 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 he's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But it, it's not that easy for that to just come together. I mean, yeah. think of all the dudes, all the elite edge. Jadavion Cloudy was a second team all pro once one year. Okay. Uh, but it, it, just think about how hard it is for it to come. I mean, think of guys like Dante Fowler and Deion Jordan and Vernon Golston. No, I'm and, saying it. I'm agreeing with you that it never happens. And and it has now happened. I mean, it's it is that. I mean, the, he is he's a Pro Bowler from his first snap in the league. That's insane because that does not happen. And he is. And it's not just his physical gifts. I was laughing out loud when I watched them two weeks ago. The one of the announcers I can't remember who was doing color on the game, but he said, "Yeah, he's a bit undersized." And I was like, "What are you talking about? He's six four two seventy. He's like, and he's one of the most anatomically proportional people in the league. I mean, he he is an absolute specimen. And he's a special, special player. That was an awesome game last. Incredible, night. incredible game. I know there was you know people talk you know a lot of turnovers, kind of ugly game. It wasn't ugly to me at all. There was there were Kendrick Bourne. Had a touchdown, but he he did not play well. He had a couple just straight drop passes. Okay, that's ugly. In fact, one of those tip balls turned into an interception for the Seahawks. I don't know how many fumbles there were in this game. There was only one bad fumble, and that was by Chris Carson on a run. Or, excuse me, Rashad Penny on a run. Uh, 
every other fumble that was caused, three of which were by both quarterbacks, by the way, is because dudes are coming straight off the edge and so good on those defensive lines that it's laughable how good they are. And, of course, they're going to strip the quarterback and knock it out of there and every other thing that happened. The interception that was made by the San Francisco linebacker on on Russell Wilson, that's an unbelievably athletic play to drop into coverage and go up and get that thing that Russell Wilson's tried to teardrop over the top, which he does all the time. Amazing. So I thought it was an incredibly well-played game, and you got to tip your cap when uh, when when guys just make plays. I mean, it's just r- remarkable. And great, a great defensive game to watch. I mean, 27-24. If only they could all be like that. I mean, that's that was too good last night. And by the way, I to me, I think San Francisco's even better than maybe I had thought. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 